This is the Tana Talks podcast, where we break all the social media rules and we just get real. I'm your host, Montana Duran. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whoever is out there listening to this in the radio waves. I am Montana Duran, and this is the Tana Talks Podcast. And for those of you wondering, yes, Tana is short for Montana. I've had a few people ask. I thought it was clear, but maybe maybe it's not. And I'm just going to clarify that for you. Yes, Tana is short for Montana. It's a nickname. I absolutely love it when people call me Tana. I feel like not enough people do. So my friend Erin kind of, she named this podcast. So shout out to Erin, but she calls me it and she's called me it literally since we've known each other and I just love it and I want more people to call me it. So we're going to just hope it sticks. (laughs) Anyway, enough about that. Thank you guys for tuning in to the first episode and sharing some of your day with me. I think it's amazing and I'm just really humbled and thankful that you would choose to spend this time and I'm humbled and grateful at the response that just the trailer got I've been dreaming of starting a podcast for a really long time and I had so much self-doubt and it's one thing to dream something and keep it to yourself and work on it and pray about it and do things but it's another thing to tell people about it and they be so excited for you and champion you on and so honestly you guys were that confirmation and you guys have been so incredible and I'm so thankful and I literally want to cry thinking that this is actually happening and it's just this is something I just want to have as a creative space because I have so much in me and I love to talk and I love to listen to podcasts and talk shows and I grew up watching Oprah and hearing those in-depth interviews about real life issues and that's just what I want to channel into this podcast. Like I'm not calling myself Oprah by any means, but I grew up listening to Oprah and now as an adult, I just listen to podcasts. Like it's only fitting. I feel like that I jump in this creative space and you know what? There's no time like the present. So this first episode is a little bit different. It's just me solo. And I thought the idea behind that would be to explain my heart for this podcast and then get a little bit more vulnerable about my own story and then we'll close it out. But I cannot have a platform where I want to get more vulnerable and break all the social media rules and do all that, and I'm not doing it myself. So I think that we need to start with the foundation of my story and who I am if I'm going to host this and have guests come on and expect or, or try to get that out of them too. So that's why this one's going to be a little bit different. So to jump right in, I have wanted to do a podcast for about two years, but I've just been too scared. I was kind of didn't really have time either. I was in school, finishing school, and I was in about seven classes at some points and working two jobs, and podcasts really helped me a lot, and it was a commute to Atlanta a lot, and no matter if I had a free second, I was listening to a podcast, and I was learning so much, and it was 
some sermons and comedy and storytelling. It was always something. And I really fell in love with this whole podcasting thing. And I've wanted to do one for a while. And I just, ever since I graduated, I've been really having it on my mind and my heart a lot more. But I was like, had so much self-doubt. Like, who would listen? I don't really have that many followers. What would I even say? Who would even care? And I was at a small group in September. And one of my friends was like, this is one of the first times I had spoke it out loud that I wanted to instead of just keeping it into myself. And my friend was like, stop talking so negative about it. Just do it. I think you'd be great. And who cares if nobody listens? What if one person listens? And who cares if you don't have any followers? You have to start somewhere. Everyone starts somewhere. And so I had that in the back of my mind. And then in October, I got into a really bad car accident. I ended up like fracturing my ankle, concussion, cuts, scrapes, I was out of the game for the past two months of my life, and I spent a lot of time just trying to heal, and I was doing a lot of, you know, online stuff and Instagram, and I came across this app that gives a lot of features for starting a podcast and helps, and there's things you can do, and I've kind of had it in my phone since October and just slept on it. And in January, every year, my church does a 21-day fast. And so I put on the first week of the fast, you know, podcasting. And I put it out there to God, you know, just as something I was praying about in 2020. Kind of more as a question mark, not an exclamation like I'm so sure. And then by the end of the third week of the fast is when I released the trailer and now we're in the last week of January and I'm releasing it. So I can only think that God had has played a role in making this podcast happen and, and giving me these supernatural ideas because while starting it is a big thing, having a topic is another big thing. And it finally hit me and I decided, okay, like I'm going to go with it. I ended up doing the trailer in the night. I harassed my friend Vincent about graphics. I came up with a graphic and I just released it. And the topic that I want to really dive into, there's only really two things in life that I know a lot about and I'm super passionate about. And one of them is social media because of the time in history I've been raised in. I, I was raised before all of it. So I remember life before it, but I also remember life with it. And the first thing I ever did was the AIM and the MSN and then the MySpace Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok now that I'm too old. I'm still on there, you know, because I love all things social media. And then the second was psychology because I just graduated in August with my bachelor's in psychology. And so the two go hand in hand because my last year and a half of school was just constant learning about all the negative impacts that social media has on your mental health. And about 90% of my senior class did their senior research projects on something social media related to a health issue. And yes, there are positive aspects, but I think the constant swiping and filtering and photoshopping and 15 second stories of a 24 hour day, I think as humans, we have a hard time deciphering like, that's not their whole life. They're struggling with things too. And so even though I, I had so much education on this, 
from school and from doing all the research and the projects and the papers and all that, I still struggle with this and I still have to be intentional with my social media time. And so I love the idea of breaking those barriers down and making social media more real because I've been on it since, you know, middle school before that. And I've seen it evolve and I've also seen what's happened to people we're not talking to each other we're not socializing we're 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 going to eat at restaurants just to take photos of our food we don't even like it it's not even good like let's be real and you know there's more to life than that and so when we can start you know being more vulnerable with one another not saying that you should just post your vulnerabilities all over your social media that's not for everybody but more being more vulnerable one on one and in your everyday life i think that's when the change starts and it starts one person at a time and so for this podcast i don't want this to just be uh, me talking into my phone or into a microphone or to a guest i want this to be a community of people that are saying, I want to change the narrative. I want to be different. I want to be a, a storyteller. I want to tell my story. I want to, I want to listen to other people's stories. I want to, I want to learn more and I want to be more authentic in this curated culture that we're living in. I want to be different. And I think that that authenticity is so hard to find nowadays that when people find it, they're so attracted to it. And so with this podcasts and platform I want to do that myself and be vulnerable myself about things and my story I'll probably end up telling it all and that's fine I'm okay with that because I know that I have been through things and I've had things happen in my life for something like this and I'm gonna do my best to bring on guests that do the same thing and want to be vulnerable and talk about issues that actually matter, not just, oh, I went on this trip and did this and I bought this shirt here, swipe up. No, it's going to be real and authentic and deep. And I hope you guys enjoy that. And so the next part of this podcast is going to be me getting more vulnerable about my story and I've been really struggling with it because it's like you don't know who's listening or anything. You you can see a click number, but you don't know who those people are. And so it's intimidating. Vulnerability is intimidating, but I cannot start this and encourage everyone around me to be vulnerable without doing it myself. So I want to thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for your support. Uh, I'm going to try to do this every Tuesday, Lord willing. I ordered microphones, so hopefully they're here by next Tuesday, and this will probably sound better by next Tuesday with my guest. He's very special. I'm announcing who it is at the end. So if you guys want to subscribe, I hate to be that girl. I don't want to be a third sponsor, but subscribe to this podcast. And so you'll have it when it keeps coming out, because I really do want this to be something that helps throughout your week and helps throughout whatever you're going through so thank you guys again and on to the next well thank you guys for listening this far i really appreciate it in the second portion of the podcast i'm going to get into my own personal story and i just want to preface this with 
there are probably some parts of my story that will induce triggers for some people. And um, there's some sensitive material that we'll talk about. But I want to preface this with the fact that I am telling this story and I'm telling my story from a place of victory. And from a place of being healed and being whole and being radically changed by God. Because if you were to see me this time three years ago, you would not recognize me and recognize who I am. Because so much has happened in such a short period of time for all for the good. And I am anxious, not anxious, but I was nervous to do this because I don't know who's listening. I know some family will listen, and I know it's got to be hard for them to hear some of these things, but I don't know who's listening to this that I do know, that I don't know, that I know from my past, or that I know from, you know, who who knew the old me, the old Tana. And so there's always that fear of man, but I'm more fearful of not doing what I feel like I'm called to do, and I feel like I'm called to shed light on these issues and to have a platform that is vulnerable and a platform that gives all the glory back to God because this podcast wouldn't be possible if he wouldn't have saved my life and he wouldn't have brought me so far. So I'm going to give a brief history of my life because I cannot give a full account of the last 25 years, but over the course of this podcast, obviously you're going to get to know me and you're going to get to know my story. So let's dive in a little bit. A little bit of overview. I am, as of this week, 25 years old. I just graduated college in August. It took me six years, you know, but it's fine. And um, I have a full-time job now. On my free time, I like to hang out with my friends and family. I spend a lot of time volunteering for my church and my community. That's where I find a lot of my purpose in life. And just giving back, you know. And I really just like to have a good time, you know. Laugh, make people laugh. That's one of my favorite things in life to do is to make people laugh. I know this podcast probably not going to make you laugh a lot because it's rather deep topics. But to come, I hope I can make you laugh a little bit. You know, brighten up your day a little bit. So that's where I'm at right now. And I am at peace with where I am. And I'm glad and I'm thankful for it and I'm I'm excited to where I'm going. So with that being said, I'll get into my past and my life. So I was born in Jacksonville, Florida at nine years old on my actual ninth birthday. I moved to Georgia, which is essentially why I have a not good relationship with birthdays. They've never really worked out for me. Um, they never really work out. Birthdays are a little bit overrated in my book, but it's fine. So I've my life has been filled with a lot of pain. And if you name it, it's happened to me and I, I've dealt with it. Depression, anxiety, suicide, cancer, eating disorders, alcoholism, addictions abuse, anything you can think of, I've been through it. And I used to be really low and really down and honestly suicidal about my own life at times. And I see now that all of that pain has a purpose and the purpose is this. So 
we moved here on my ninth birthday because of so much addiction in my family. And as an adult now, I can see how it had riddled my family from great-grandparents to grandparents to my dad, my brothers, even me a touch, you know. And my family was just riddled with it. And I didn't understand. I always knew my family was different. But I thought every family was that way. And as you grow up and you see other families, you realize, oh, like mine is really messed up. (laughs) And as a kid, it was really hard to process all that. And so one of my coping mechanisms, as I said, I've had a lot of addiction in my family was food. Food was my drug. And I had an eating disorder, but not one of the common ones like bulimia or anorexia, which they're all bad. Do not get me wrong. But I would just binge eat and I would hide food and I would wait till people were asleep and I would go and I would eat. And that was my way of coping with things. That was my addiction as a child. I didn't want to talk about it. My mom would ask, oh, are you okay with this move? And I would just say yes. But then I would just, you know, be in a food coma and not know what to do, not know how to process anything. So that was my drug. And so... When we moved to Georgia, we started going to this Baptist church. We were trying to make sense of it all, so we started going to church. Didn't really grow up in church a lot before that. And the town that we moved to, I thought, was just for my dad's job. But it turned out it was for an addiction. He had gotten into some trouble outside of Atlanta and ended up in a place getting help there. And it was my parents' last-ditch effort at a marriage. And so we moved to this small, small town. And we started going to this small church. So... Those are just two things stacked against you. Being not from a small town and then having baggage, you just, they don't go good together. And you would think that at a church, you can just be yourself there and you can be open. And so that's what we did. And we we opened up about the things that were happening. And I had never felt more judged in my life. I was one of those people that I got saved every single Sunday because I really thought I was going to hell every single Sunday. I would go down to the altar at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm hell bound. I'm going to burn. And um, I used it kind of as fire insurance. I wanted to be accepted by the people that I was around. I just wanted to be in, accepted by people. And that was really hard to find in a town where everyone grew up together. Everyone knew each other. Everyone knew each other's business. And it was just something I wasn't used to. So in about eighth grade, we started going to a different church. It was a bigger church. It was, it was called Free Chapel, and it's in a town over. It was about 45 minutes away. And so from eighth grade to 10th grade, we would just commute, and we would go back and forth Sundays and Wednesdays. And then my parents got me into a small group because one of the pastors there was like, well, if you'll drive 45 minutes to the mall or to a game, you can drive 45 minutes to get your kid in a small group and to come to church. And so my parents took that literally and they got me involved and I loved it. I did, but they thought it would be necessary to move. And so my 11th grade year, I moved to a brand new school again. And this one, I knew what was going on now. I I thought I did at least. I was even though I knew it was good that I loved the people I went to small group with, the school I went to, I knew absolutely nobody at. Nobody. And that was the first time I ever felt social anxiety. And my first lunch in 11th grade, I brought my lunch to the bathroom and ate it. It was honestly like a real life mean girl story. And 
I was the girl from South Africa. Um, so if you've never seen the movie, she uh, gets, she's not, she gets made fun of and bullied. And that was me. I, um, wanted to be accepted. It took me a long time to make friends. And then when I did kind of the wrong group of friends, another story for another day. So I know now that my parents moved me for God and the church and that those, that provision and that decision is honestly why I'm still here. The prayers that they prayed over me, those all my life is why I'm still here and able to tell this story is because that provision. And so I'm grateful now that I moved. But at the time, my heart was so hardened to God. I was like, if God loves me so much, one, why did he move me to this church where everyone is so judgy to me? Number two, why did he move me at my seven, when I'm 17 years old? Why? Why would God do that? And so as a kid, when you don't really understand my heart got really hardened to God. And so by the time I went to college, I was done with church. I was done. Uh, just like a lot of people that get into college, I was done. And so I stayed at home, but I got involved with the wrong group of friends. I stopped going to church. And so this was the first time I ever experienced addiction for myself, not just food. I... had drank a few times in high school, a handful of times, but never really, you know, anything. I mean, it wasn't good because I shouldn't have been doing it, but it wasn't anything super major. It was just a kid's, I don't want to minimize it, but I I never did it. There was people that did it a lot more than me. I had only done it a handful of times. So when I got to college, I didn't really know what I was expecting. And I went absolutely wild and before the age of 21 I had been hospitalized four times for alcohol poisoning four times let that sink in not one not two not three but four times I woke up in a hospital not knowing how I got there the fourth time was the worst though because I woke up and I had blood all over my shirt and I looked down and I didn't know. I had scrapes all over me. I had no idea what had happened. And the doctor came in and said, you were five, maybe six times over the limit, ma'am. Like, I don't know how you're still here. You have to have some sort of guardian angel, guardian angel looking after you. And now that I have seen God do so much for me, I see that blood as his blood that he protected me God protected me that night because he didn't want me to die then it wasn't my time yet but I drank to kind of ease the pain of things happening in my family which I'll get into I'm sure in a future episode but things happening in my family I was drinking to numb those things I was drinking to numb my social anxiety I was drinking to be accepted And I put the people that I cared about and people who cared about me in a lot of pain. And I didn't even realize I had a problem after even my fourth encounter. It wasn't enough for me to stop. It actually got worse. I started mixing drugs. I was doing cocaine regularly. And that's when things got bad. I was mixing both for a while, going out every weekend, skipping classes, failing things, getting into debt. Really just the usual Because when your life gets like that, things start to crumble. And 
things began to crumble for me and I finally hit the breaking point one night. It was kind of like any other typical night for me to go out except there were there were things that there were signs that I should have stayed in that night. I forgot my ID. My friend's key got stuck in her door. The cork got stuck in the wine. Things just were not things just so many things this particular night I should have realized as a sign sis you shouldn't go out tonight but I ended up because when you're so stuck in that way and you're mixing things and you're living a certain way you don't think clearly and so I went out and that next morning I realized well I didn't really realize but I knew something had happened and I was sexually assaulted I was in denial about it I for a few weeks even believed that it was me like I it was it was fine like it was a friend like I knew it was fine everything was fine and I was in such denial I didn't really realize the capacity to what had happened and it was someone that I really cared about and I was like no way this is it's fine yes it was me it was me I was making these decisions when absolutely not I was completely out of my mind and not there so I lived the next few weeks trying to convince myself and be in denial about things and then one Sunday night it was a group of friends and I out to eat and some random girl comes she was random to me then now she's literally so important to me and such a key part of this story because this is where things start to turn for good if you were wondering so we're out to dinner and it's in I want to say October and she goes or the end of September I cannot remember it was three years ago she goes I have a ticket to this women's conference and I was like oh yeah where and she was like free chapel they do this women's conference every year called Divine. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I knew about it because I had, like I said, I went there from eighth grade into the beginning of college and I just had stopped going. I was like, oh my gosh, like I've always wanted to go, but I've never went. She was like, well, you should come. I have it for Saturday. And it's a three day long conference. So Saturday was the last day and I was really hesitant about it. I was like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. And this girl got my number and was so persistent, texted me every single day asking me about it, and I agreed to go. Reluctantly, I did. I met her the Saturday morning. We went and got breakfast, and I was so anxious, and this was when I was still essentially addicted to cocaine, and I was so in bondage that I was doing it to calm down, not to get hyped up like a lot of people do. It, it calmed me down. It was like a I cannot, you know, I needed it, I thought, at the time. And so I did it to calm down because I was like, I do not belong in this church. This church is going to burn down, like, if they only knew. And so I did that before the conference. Then I walk into the conference with this girl, and she sits me on the second row. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this place is going to burn down. She sits me on the second row, and then these two guys come out, and they're like, there to play a game I guess I didn't know what they did I'd never been to a women's conference and so they played they were like who's here with your best friend and they want to play a game and win a prize this girl raises her hand and I am shook I'm like I don't first of all you're not my best friend I don't know you I just met you Sunday 
what are you doing? Why are you raising your hand? We get called. We win. We go up there. We win the game. We win a $20 gift card to get some merch. And then the service starts. And I remember now that I know it was feeling the presence of God and the Holy Spirit for the first time because I saw these people worship so freely. They had their hands in the air. They didn't care. They were so unashamed. And it was it was so beautiful. And I remember feeling something. And I was like, it was something I had never experienced before. Even though I grew up in church my whole life, I had never experienced this. And then the woman that got up and preached, her name was Taylor Madu. And I'll never forget her in my entire life because she got up and preached about being a, a preacher's daughter and how she got pregnant at 14. And then she kept it and the kept it all the way through and then the baby ended up dying and she held the baby in her arms for 24 hours and she said if God can use me in my messed up story and my story he can use anybody and for the first time in my life I felt God nudging me but said I'm gonna use you In my messed up, lower than low self, he reached out to me. Because that's what he does. He comes for the one. He leaves the 99 to come for the one. Him call, him. out of everyone in that auditorium, thousands of women, pick me, the messed up one that literally did drugs before they came to conference, to go on stage and play a game and win. That wasn't by accident. And when she said that, that if God can use me, he can use anyone, I felt I felt that. And I had never felt that before. I had grown up in church. I never thought he could use me or he would want to use me because why me? I come from a messed up family. I come from a messed up self. I, I, ru- I was ruining my own life. Like, what? why me? And so from that day forward, my life radically changed. I started going back to church every single Sunday. I stopped hanging around with that group. I went to counseling and discussed what had happened to me. I forgave the people and the person that had hurt me in my li- in my life, that all the people that had hurt me, all the people that were, you know, not there for me. I had forgiven the person that hurt me worse than anybody. You know, I am here fully whole through counseling through God I started listening to podcasts every week and this is where podcasts and my story come into play because I would listen to VU Church and Zoe Church Uh, VU is in Miami and Zoe is in LA and I was fascinated it was when they were first getting started and they would talk about how they were a mobile church and how they would have everything on a semi and they would load in and load out every Sunday and I was fascinated by that and so I was listening to that I was going back to church I was going to counseling for a whole year I did a whole year of healing and it was the most incredible year of my life I completely did a 180 and that next year when conference rolled around I signed up and I went by myself 
and I ended up meeting this lady named Erica. Shout out to Erica if you're listening. (laughs) And we hung out that whole weekend, and she ended up saying, you know, I live in Buckhead. Like, come, come um, hang out at my apartment. Like, the weekend was over, and we didn't know this lady, and we're like, is she going to kill us? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think so. We should go hang out at her house. So we did, and we're sitting on the roof and mind you yes I had been going through counseling and doing all this healing but I had not been back to the city of Atlanta since that night it had been over a year I had not been back to the city I was really over the city of Atlanta I didn't want anything to do with it and I go out on this woman's roof and I look to my right and she lives across the street from the hotel where everything happened And it was in that moment that I had felt, again, so seen by God. I told someone that story before, and they said, did that make you sad when you looked? I said, no. It made me feel like a winner, that I had won, that what the enemy meant for evil, God worked it out for my good, because I'm I'm not that person. And the fact that this woman that he introduced me to lived, he knew I'd be on that roof a year later. He knew that, and so... I remember looking out over the city of Atlanta on this lady's roof and saying, God, I don't want to move to Miami or LA and do something. I wish we could do something like that here. Even though in my head, I was so done with Atlanta. I wasn't. My heart wasn't. My heart was there. And not even two weeks later, my pastor, I was at church on a Wednesday and he has a way of doing things sometimes like announcing things he's not supposed to. But I know, again, that was for me because I was there on a Wednesday and I usually worked on a Wednesday. And he announced that our church was launching a campus, a satellite campus, a mobile campus in Midtown. And I knew right then that that I was seen and heard by God again because I knew that I had to get involved in that. And ever since then, I started doing the next steps at our church to to get involved with it. And now I get to help there and help women. And I get to help out with our divine and volunteer with our divine ministry, which the same conference that literally impacted me so much. Now I get to volunteer and help create atmospheres for other women to experience what I experienced and what saved my life. And that is so beautiful. And that is the heart of God for all of us to experience wholeness and truly what the enemy meant for evil. God has worked it out for our good. And so I will not stop going to Atlanta. I, I, every Sunday I go, I I have a smile on my face. People say, why do you go so much? Because I have, I know that until people that have, ever since I started talking about my story, I realized more and more women have similar stories and they've been silenced by it. They've been shamed by it. They've been embarrassed by it. And they never fully heal from it. And so until Atlanta is the number one sex trafficking hub in the world. And so I know there's people that wake up like that every single day. Wake up in bondage and, and in shame and in guilt. And so I know that I'm there until that's 
until Jesus comes or until that's not a thing anymore. And there's so many people that are hurting and so and and dealing with the same things that we just have to heal from these things and let God heal our hearts because he's done all this for me and and he doesn't want to just do it for me. He wants to do it for everyone. And so when you really just fully surrender and fully give it all to him, he has a way of giving you more than you ever asked for. And so that's just a little overview of my story. I hope it all made sense. I'm going to listen back to it. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to delete it. But if it if this is still in, then you can tell that I it was fine for me. So thank you for listening. And I pray that whatever you're facing today and whatever you face in your past, that you realize that you are not your past. You are not what has happened to you. You have the ability to rewrite your story. And don't ever discredit your story because it's yours. And, and, and God let you have it. And he trusted you with it because he knew you could handle it. And so whatever you're going through, I guarantee you if you open up, you would be surprised how many people can relate to it and that you're not alone in this and it's not your fault and you are so loved. Well, if you have made it this far, you are a real friend and you're the GOAT for listening. So thank you. You have made it through the first episode and I want to thank you again for listening while we're working through, I don't know why I'm saying we, this is a one man show right now. Um, (laughs) While I'm working through learning audio and editing and graphics, I do not know how to edit. So this was all just one take. It took me about 47 times. So while I'm learning all this, thank you. Next week will be different. We'll sound different. I bought myself some microphones. For my birthday present, you know, I'm investing in the future. And I'm going to have my very first guest, the one, the only, Jordan Ball. To know him is to love him. I've known him since, I think, August. And in such a short period of time, he's had a really big impact. He has a heart of gold and just truly such a good man. I feel weird calling him a man, but I mean, he, I think he's a man. He's a man. Like, (laughs) okay. Um, but hopefully it'll be a little bit less heavy next week. He, he has a way of having deep talks, but keeping them light. So that's what we're going to do. Stay tuned. I'm pretty sure I, I, I like this Tuesday drop day. So today's episode will be dropped on a Tuesday gonna go with next week's episode where we dropped on a Tuesday unless Amazon does not get my mics to me on time so love you guys mean it thankful that you took time out of your day to listen remember keep it real and authentic it'll get you far love ya mean it <laughs>